My question tonight is not inherently geeky, but it does deal with one of the stories that we're talking about tonight. Okay. Um, there is one story that when I first heard about it, uh, I thought of two things. Uh, first off, I thought about how effing old I am now. <laughs> but then I also like a song popped into my head. And earlier today, I had to listen to that song. And so I'm searching on Spotify and I realize that there are different songs with the same or similar titles. And, you know, there there are different types of people in this world. So I'm doing like a very unscientific scientific um, experiment experiment. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to I wanted to determine how many people there are in the world or how many different kinds of people there are in the world. So. (laughs) So you're going to judge this uh, experiment based off of four people. It's a very small sample size. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, what is the very first song that you think of when you hear American Girl? Lydia, you are the songstress of the group, so I want you to start this week. Well, the first one that popped into my head, you know, since literally a jukebox up here was All American Girl by Carrie Underwood. So, I'm also a country fan, so that's not surprising. Tabitha. I don't know who sings that song, but it's that, that she was an American girl. Yeah, that's Tom Petty. Is that Tom Petty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, that is also what I immediately thought of. Okay. That yeah. I went to the same place. Uh, my next thought was American Pie. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Based but, off yeah. what Tabitha just said, it also made me think of uh, "She's a Rebel" by Green Day because that. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. But I think that's just because that's how that song goes in the musical. It's not actually how that song goes in the actual song. <laughs> Anyway. So, yeah. So, there are two kinds of people in this world. Um, <laughs> you guys and me. <laughs> other other contenders that, that I immediately thought of or that Spotify immediately thought of. Um, American Girls by Counting Crows. And um, American Girl by Trisha Yearwood. Oh, okay. Yeah. X and X's and O's. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, given just... enough time, I probably would have thought of that one, but like the Tom Petty song was just like in the forefront of my mind. But... Yeah. And I mean, no offense to Carrie Underwood, All American Girl, or you, but the Tom Petty one is the superior one. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard that Carrie Underwood song. I don't know if I've ever heard that Tom Petty song. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. I can almost guarantee that you've heard that Carrie Underwood song. I mean, it's, it's one of her more popular dad ones. dad dies in the tornado. No. No. Oh. That's probably a different country song. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's blown away. There it is. <laughs> that's an actual song. It is. Um, one little bit of trivia here. Um, going back to the Tom Petty version, uh, Spotify showed me a cover of American Girl by L. King. 
Yeah. Pretty good. Um, did you know? Do you know her? who her father is? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, if you didn't know that, then keep that in the back of your head for <laughs> you know your next trivia night. And then thank us. We <laughs> <laughs> celebrate the winnings. Yes. So I want to talk briefly before we uh, get into the um, meat and potatoes of <laughs> of the podcast tonight. Never say that again. <laughs> uh, I'm armed couple, couple with weeks a chicken ago, leg. A couple <laughs> weeks ago it was all about trees and now it's about food. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be fair, you're the one that brought up pie. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, we always bring up food. <laughs> Valid. I did look for the uh, Peeps Pepsi oh, multiple no. times over the past week. I, could, I couldn't find any. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> Tabitha is so distraught. <laughs> um, so I want to touch briefly on uh, a couple of upcoming cons, especially because we going to be at both of them. Uh, the first one, uh, PeoriaCon, is March 4th and 5th at Expo Gardens in Peoria, Illinois. And uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be there. Uh, join us at 3 p.m. on Saturday, March 4th, as we do a special edition of Guilty Pleasure Dumpster Fire. Um, we decided yesterday, yeah. <laughs> um, finally, on a movie, uh, we are going to discuss 2015's fantastic four so if you want to hear us argue or join in the argument of whether or not fantastic four is a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire then join us um in addition to our smiling faces um other guests include uh power rangers walter jones and selwyn ward uh az power girl larry hama and uh philo barnhart uh, tickets are only $10 for adults and $5 for kids, and there is free parking for registered attendees. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm pretty excited. Um, we've never been to PeoriaCon, um, and it's it's always fun to be able to go to some of these kinds of things in basically our own backyard. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. Never been excited to see what, it's, what they've got. Yeah. So... Speaking of cons, uh, C2E2 is quickly approaching, and if you haven't bought your tickets yet, the con has made a couple of guest announcements recently that might just get you to buy them. Uh, In addition to Chris Evans, which we talked about last week, uh, C2E2 has recently announced Zachary Levi and Namor himself, uh, Tinach Huerta. I think I pronounced it right. I think so. I feel good about that. (laughs) C2E2 is March 31st through April 2nd, so there is still time for a few more names to pop up. Uh, I don't think that they are done announcing guests, and I'm I'm very excited. I mean, at this point, they're they, they've saved the big names for not last, but mm-hmm. like these are bigger names than they have had. I think pretty much every year that we've gone, mm-hmm. so excited to see what else is in their pockets. Yeah. Yeah, for that, sure. That list keeps getting longer every time I look at it. Like they they added Chris Evans and all this other people. They've added some people from Supernatural. There's all the people from Boy Meets World. Like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And they did release the Artist Alley and the Exhibitor mm-hmm. lineups today. Um, I was slipping through Artist Alley and I was like, oh, I'm excited about this. Oh, I'm excited about this. <laughs> so. so, All right. Uh, speaking of. 
Are you okay? <laughs> They're gonna sh- breaking news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, so down by my hometown is a slightly larger town uh, that has a. <laughs> it's usually the way it works. <laughs> oh, it has a uh, like uh, a baseball team, like a prospect league baseball team thing, minor league, whatever you want to call it. Um, we had the miners because Southern Illinois was rampant with coal mines and they left. Um, there's a new team coming in and they are going to be called, and I wish I was making this up, the Thrill Billies. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of the mascots are, um, cartoon animals, a deer and a rabbit that are doing <laughs> Thrill Billy things. Well, what, so, what is a what, Thrill Billy thing? You uh, have the to. Rabbit in one of the images is smoking a cigarette. Uh, the <laughs> rabbit in another image is riding what appears to be an ATV with a stick of dynamite in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and the deer appears to be doing a uh, WWE wrestling move. Also known as Jackass. Thrill yes. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> The Thrillville Thrillbillies is what they will be. Can we appreciate that their mascots are the two things that are most often roadkill? (laughs) And the most often hunted. That's uh, almost almost better than voting vote face. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. uh, 7,000 people voted for that. Oh god. So we're going on a road trip to to catch a thrillbilly game, right? You're absolutely not doing that. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> It just keeps getting better. Free Mountain Dew was given out when you voted. <laughs> and they do they have they have a team store, guys. Oh my god. Oh, no. I am Oh, I have not had enough wine in me to like drunkenly buy merch, but uh, I'm going to. Ooh, the men's Grand Slam jersey is only sixty nine ninety five. What a steal! <laughs> steal second. Uh, <laughs> I just want a hat. I just want a hat. Uh... <laughs> oh my god! The other names that they considered. Uh huh. I gotta read these backwards, actually. Swamp foxes. Mm. Monkey rats. Ew. Fungi. <laughs> and angry beavers. Of course they did. I'm not proud of where I come from. <laughs> but I am. Makes one of us, Mitch. <laughs> uh, all right, so I don't I don't know if I said this or not yet, but let's go to the pool list, guys. <laughs> What's on our pool list this week? The the thrill list. Tonight it's called the thrill list. <laughs> Incoming chicken leg. I'm counting those. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um so we have three books to talk about tonight. The first one that we're going to talk about is uh, Scram Blues. It's out now from Tokyo Pop by Mame March. Uh, and in this book, 
Uh, Haru is a graphic designer who's tasked with designing a CD jacket for music sensation Eddie Astley. In the process, Haru discovers that there's much more to Eddie than what the public sees. Um, Lydia, I know you said you read about half of it. What do you think so far? I'm excited to read the rest of this. It's definitely your typical like anime manga trope kind of like storyline they got going on. But the whole music aspect of this is like really hitting home. And I've like just hit a part where like you're really starting to kind of understand who Eddie is mm-hmm. and the relationship that he and Haru have going is really cute. And I want to see how it ends. And I, <laughs> I'm i waiting for there to be like, oh, the heartbreak and this and, you know, anime things. <laughs> but it, it's really cute. Like, I want to yeah. see how this ends. I, I like this one. Yeah. Um, I, I also read it and I, I finished it. Um, I got about halfway through last night and then when I got home I finished it up and it took me maybe 15 minutes to finish the second half of it I mean that's just how like once I got kind of invested Mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh um yeah this is this is a a, a adorable book um really plays with your emotions um not quite a spoiler alert but there was one scene that like pulled at my heartstrings and you know how I can be cold and heartless sometimes right (laughs) I so think that's we all can, but yeah, yeah. So so that is saying something, um, but yeah, I mean, just like this this dynamic and you know this whole idea of you know like chipping away at an outer personality to get to you know who this person is you know at their core. Um, just it's it's a really interesting story. Um, you're right; it's full of you know basic you know manga tropes. Um, slightly confusing because i do think that some of the characters look a little bit too similar to each other yes yeah, say eddie and uh kenji are especially look a lot alike mm-hmm. and haru and one of his co-workers mm-hmm. look very similar so it was it was kind of tough to be like okay wait who's talking especially like with mangas sometimes like the speech bubbles don't necessarily have the arrows right. of you know so like you just have to figure it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i did a pretty good job of figuring it out um, but yeah but this was this was a really fun standalone story i i know like with a lot of mangas it's kind of terrifying because it's like oh hey i want to get into this but they have like 40 volumes <laughs> no this is this is a standalone so like you're you're in a good spot uh, the next uh, next book that I'm going to talk about is Sugar and Other Stories. Uh, it's out now from Silver Sprocket by Joy San. Uh, so this collection of short horror comics explores the different ways uh, we attempt to control ourselves, from one woman and the horrifying way she creates her smile, to another developing f- dark fantasies uh, when she becomes neglected and overworked. Um, Matt, I think you said you read this one? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. The art in this one is definitely uh, eye-catching. It's it's interesting. It's like there's a lot of it where you like, it's almost shocking. Um, not like violent graphic, but just some 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 odd images that takes a little bit to to uh, acclimate to. Um, I liked a few of these stories. A few of these left me kind of lost and confused. Um, the one I think that at the very end, um, I really enjoyed. It's kind of hard to like, I don't know, to to give 
hard and fast examples on this because there's a bunch of different short stories to this. Um, and they're all, they all have the same vein, but they're all also very different. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed going through this and I almost would want to go back and read it again, um, a little bit slower to kind of take another read at what, what is going on and what she's getting at with these stories. Mm-hmm. Tabitha, you also re- had a chance to read this? Yes, I did. And I, when I first started this, I opened it and like the first page is that like kind of glaringly violent, creepy image. And I like jerked my head back. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Um, I loved this. I thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, I think those moments where Matt maybe got lost in the sauce were because they were more relatable for like a female perspective. Mm. Like you get a lot of books and a lot of things that are written for the male gaze. This was absolutely not like there were moments in this where. Which are, are, do you mean G-A-Z-E or? Gaze. (laughs) (laughs) Male eyeballs. Male eyeballs. Um, and this was absolutely not some of the they were there were some moments in there that were fairly triggering. Um, and I feel like there was something that was relatable for pretty much any woman that's experienced, you know, anything in their life. Like it, those moments where in the first one where she was like trying to change her smile because she just she wanted a better smile like that speaks to so many things like your vanity and your like self like worth and also like those moments where someone else tells you to smile and you're just like i will murder you with my bare hands like yep. oh give a smile you look a lot prettier if you smile <laughs> you look a lot prettier dead <laughs> oh, smile it can't be that bad shut up yeah sure you don't know me but yeah this was great yeah i really liked it yeah i i enjoyed this one uh i started this um while i was right about to do show prep and i was like oh gosh i hope i have time to finish it i did um this is definitely something with it being in an anthology that you can kind of pick up put down pick up put down but you're not going to um you're you're going to be enthralled and read this in its entirety um i will agree with matt uh there were a couple of stories that when we moved on to the next one i was like but wait where's the rest <laughs> where you know like I, I i need i need more um but yes uh, other stories were just were were really really good um really creepy at times the the uh one of the first stories dealt with um this woman who has an interesting way to fix when her blood sugar gets low um <laughs> Also, there was a story about witches that, like, I was mm-hmm. like, that one surprisingly had a happy ending, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, they were just, they were, for for every story where I was, like, kind of underwhelmed, there was at least one, maybe two stories where I was like, okay, this was, this <laughs> was really, really good. So, I was, I was very pleased with this book. The last book we have to talk about tonight is Hustle and Heart Foretold, uh, out now from Oni Press, written by Heath Amodio with art by Justin Mason. Uh, so Derek Flynn begins to find himself waking up in the middle of uh, catastrophic and fatal disasters. With the help of psychologist Alice Myers, he begins to feel that he is somehow connected to these disasters. Unfortunately for him, the FBI begins to realize this too. 
Um, Matt, you said you had a chance to read this. A, I'm insanely jealous. Um, <laughs> B, tell us what you thought. Um, I did. I finished this. Um, I read about half of it last night, and I finished the rest of it today. Um, this this was too short. I need more story. I need more of this. Um, it's It definitely is one of those that starts you absolutely in the middle of chaos. And it gives you enough tidbits early on and enough other characters questioning what's happening that you are pulled in, you're drawn in and everybody's kind of finding out what's going on all at the same time. Um, so you're learning along with these characters on kind of what's happening to Derek, um, which I enjoyed because it's not like you get one one page where it's just this info dump of all the information that's ha- of, of what's going on. Um, you're getting it piecemeal. Um, it does jump around because you get Derek and um, the psycholog- psychiatrist um, ending up in Seattle. You've got uh, Casey, Derek's daughter, ending up in a um, in, picked up and taken to basically a cult. Um, that in a lot of ways worships, um, Derek. Um, I mean, I I don't want to spoil it, but you kind of, you know, get into it more. And then you've got other parts where you've got the FBI trying to track him down. They figured out that wherever these disasters are happening, he is, he's been there at the time of this disaster. Um, the, the only spoiler here that I'm going to give away is that it does focus on the Mothman legend and urban urban legend and myth, um, but not in a form that I was ever aware that the Mothman like was a part of. Um, basically, that they Mothman shows up at moments of disaster just prior to as a warning to people. So, kind of let that sink in. For me, this was just, this was fantastic from beginning to end. I just need, I need more. I need to know where it's going. Um, 98 pages of this was not enough. Um, The only other downside I had is that there were a few places where the facial features of the characters seemed a little out of proportion. Um, And I don't know if it was necessarily supposed to be the art style or if it was just the way that that particular artist happens to draw people. Um, But there were a few panels and it just kind of, it was a little awkward. So it pulled me out just a hair. Um, But either way, like I, 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 I need to find out if more of this is coming because this is just the tip of the iceberg for this story. And there's much more to come. Nice. All right, let's go to gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. And we're going sh- <laughs> to... I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, Tabitha had her shame wing yes. on top of the original shame bell. And she's balancing it. And she's going to try to put the Christmas shame on top of the chicken shame little bit of chicken shame and it's gonna become a shame wow oh, wow <laughs> hey. oh my god <laughs> i'm so proud i'm so proud. Oh. 
<laughs> well, so much for pictures or it didn't happen. Oh, right. Uh, it's fine. I'll do it again later. <laughs> so we're going to start tonight with a little bit of, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit of casting news. So Zach Galifianakis has been cast in the live action remake of Lilo and Stitch, uh, directed by Dean Fleischer Camp. The filmmaker behind Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Uh, there is no what there is no word on what character uh, Galifianakis will play, um, and the remake is set to be released on Disney Plus. Um, as you know, I typically want for whoever is brought up the story to start off the gut reaction. However, um, I know that we have quite possibly the biggest. Lilo and Stitch fangirl in our cast. So, um, Lydia, I want to start with you. I'm really not sure how to feel about any of this from the moment that they said, oh, we're going to do a live action Lilo and Stitch. I was like, mm, but should you, though? I'm terrified to see where they're putting him. I'm not sure he needs to be in there. I'm also just not sure this needs to happen at all. I'm going to go with them sideways because I can't. I can't give it a thumbs down yet because I don't have enough information to completely hate on it, but I'm scared and I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I'm, and this is from a complete Lilo and Stitch outsider and a mostly Zach Galifianakis outsider. However, um, I would be shocked if Zach Galifianakis is not Stitch. If mm. he is, I'm definitely giving it a thumbs down. <laughs> there is one Stitch and that is Chris Sanders. But at the same time, if he was Stitch, I feel like they would have announced that. Yeah. I feel so like may too. maybe he will be a different character. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. At the end of the day, I don't really have a uh, Stitch in this race. Um. <laughs> I have so many things to shame you with that I just—it's hard to fix. <laughs> so was that officially a Christmas shame? That was a Christmas shame. We're still doing Christmas shames. It's February. You're like they're festive <laughs> shames. You're like you're like the person who still leaves their Christmas decorations up year round. Okay. First of all, no, I'm not. <laughs> Second of all, it was just Valentine's Day, and this red shame bell applied. But like Lydia said, this is my festive bell. When I'm feeling. Like, that would have made me laugh if someone but you said it. That's what I'm using this for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Now I know. Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> All right. Also, one other quick thing that I just thought of. There is only, like, one character that I can think of potentially him fitting as, and that's Jumba. And even that, I'm not sure if I'm okay with. Who is Jumba? He's the one that <laughs> creates Stitch. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm at the end of the day, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Um, I need to know more. Um, but I am excited that, um, that the person who directed Marcel is also directing this because that movie was so good. Tabitha. I still haven't watched that movie because I'm not prepared to uncontrollably so like sob. Oh, yeah. I, gonna, I teared up. You're going to cry so hard you're going to throw up. Yeah, it's happened yeah. before and I don't want that to happen again. Um, <laughs> Like you, Mitch, I honestly don't really have Lilo like much of a horse in this race because I'm not going to make a pun. Um, <laughs> but um, I've never really big, been the biggest fan of that Disney film. I did like the TV show better than I liked the movie. Um, 
And I don't know if I'm familiar enough with the characters to make a guess as to who that casting news could possibly be about. Um, but as far as Lilo and Stitch is concerned, whatever makes Lydia happy makes me happy. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. <laughs> Matt. Uh, so Jamba is kind of like a very soft hearted king shark. Okay. <laughs> That's about the best comparison I can make for him. Okay. Um, Zach Galifianakis, like he did his thing with, with the hangover movies. I've seen a few clips of like his little, like what between two ferns mm-hmm. thing. That's occasionally entertaining. Um, but I think he's kind of outlived his time in Hollywood. So I don't think he needs to be a part of this. This is again, another Disney live action remake that I do not believe needs to happen. Um, so I'm going to go thumbs down. Uh, speaking of live action Disney remakes, Matt, let's go under the sea. <laughs> so very cold right now. Right. <laughs> um, so this is about the only Disney live action remake that I feel like we should be getting. Um, we got another teaser for the little mermaid and I feel like we deserve, we, we, we need this one because they are changing things up a little bit. This is not Lion King where it was shot for shot remake. This was not something else. We're like just upping the special effects. Like they're, they're changing some of the characters around and making it more relevant to today. And that I think is great. Um, the biggest thing with this teaser is that at the very end, you do get a little tidbit of Ursula played by Melissa McCarthy and her laugh. Thumbs up. I think this is going to be great. Lydia. I really like the way they're going with this and the little teasers they're putting out make me want to see it more. So far, my only gripe with this, and it may just be the quality of the trailers they're releasing, is that the under the sea aspect looks like it was filmed in like the 90s. (laughs) And I don't know if it's like just poor graphics or if like... Maybe YouTube's just not loading properly for me. I don't know. <laughs> but just something about like the color palette and the way things are shot right now just looks a little bit like cheap almost compared to some of the stuff they've done lately. But overall, I'm excited about this. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Um, I'm going to stick with my thumbs sideways on this. Um, I, I like what they're doing. <laughs> Halle Bailey, um, I think, is going to do a very good job as Ariel. Um, I think that Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, um, there's like a 90% chance that's going to be fantastic. There's a 10% chance that she may go like overboard with it. Um, no pun intended. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm here for those two main castings. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, Little Mermaid was never like my my big thing, you know. Like in terms of if if I'm gonna be real, real in terms of Disney princesses, it was Beauty and the Beast all day for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I don't know, like yeah, maybe. I mean, this may be something I watch like on Disney Plus down the road. I don't. It, it is getting a the- theatrical release, yes. right? Yeah, I doubt I see it in the theaters. Tabitha, I will be seeing this in the theaters because Ariel was my Disney princess. Ariel still is my Disney princess. Um, I love the slight changes they're making to this and 
I love that they have not done like what Matt said, like where it's like a shot for shot with the lion, like the Lion King was, because that was just super irritating and done for no reason. Um, I agree with Lydia. There are moments in those underwater scenes where it looks a little like hokey almost. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned about that, but not concerned enough to not see this in the theater. Um, and every time we get more and we get more, uh, characters and we get more scenes of underwater and of Halle Bailey like I it gets me more excited so I'm going thumbs up Tabitha let's get our AARP cards yeah let's uh, I found out yesterday that I am a historical figure and <laughs> I'm going uh, to be on the National Register of Historic Places because American Girl Dolls uh, have decided that their next historical venture is going to be dolls from the 90s the 19. 19- <laughs> 90s. <laughs> um, Thank you for clarifying. There are two historical dolls, uh, Nikki and Isabel Hoffman, who live in Seattle in 1999. What? They couldn't have. They couldn't have at least done 1990. Nope, 99. Uh, Isabel is Ugh. preppy and pop, and Nikki is a skater who is interested in Seattle's infamous alt rock scene. Um, is she into Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne was not around in 1990. No, couldn't Avril even go Lavigne like was 06, I believe. Oh no, I was or still I in like high school two. when Avril Lavigne. <laughs> oh two, it was 02. Because yeah, I mean, I yeah. was still in high school too, but I was not in high school in 1999. So <laughs> I was for a few months because you're old. Earth I'm staying me. out of this conversation. Shut up, Lydia. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'm not even for sure that you get to give a thumbs hey! up. <laughs> so there's uh, some of the accessories that come with them include a dial-up computer, a home phone, floppy disks, a portable CD player, and a Tamagotchi. Uh, my personal favorite thing that is coming with them is a bucket program personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. <laughs> And I don't have any desire to own this American Girl doll, but you bet your bippy, I'm buying that Pizza Hut set. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to proudly display it. And every time I finish a book, I'm going to give myself a gold star until I build my little pizza. (laughs) So, thumbs down to the fact... Oh, also, there's a purple inflatable chair that I remember one of my friends distinctly ordering out of the Delia's catalog in 1999. (laughs) And I got triggered by that thing. There's also like a boyfriend pillow that's like pink and fluffy. Um, It's, it's something guys. Like I, I'm old. It's cool. It's whatever. Thumbs up for the pizza book it program. American girl thumbs down for the fact that I am so old that I'm an American girl doll. Matt. The little computer that you can buy, if it doesn't have batteries and make the sound of that modem dialing up, it's not worth anything. It shouldn't happen. Because um, that just takes me back to watching Hackers, which, I'm, mm. you know, anyway, aging myself yet again. I I already feel old. I don't need this to help. Thumbs down. Lydia. Oh, I actually get to speak? Yes. You do. <laughs> okay. I'll allow it. I mean. Just this one. <laughs> I mean, props to the fact that, you know, all the little, like, things you can get to go along with them is all stuff that I owned as a child. Um, Thumbs down for the fact that I now feel ancient. Yeah. Join the club. Um, I, I want to give this a thumbs down because they're making me feel so old. And it's... And Tabitha, I'm sorry, it's called like the Historical Figures Collection. Is that what it's called? 
historical characters collection. Historical characters collection. That's what really gets me. Like you're you're calling it historical and ouch. Historical ouch. characters. Ouch. Um that said, um thumbs up uh because at least they're getting all the nostalgia things right mm-hmm. um and also because we live in a nostalgic capitalistic society um you to steal a tail uh, uh, uh to steal a phrase from tabitha you bet your bippy that a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of childless millennials are going to get these for all of the nostalgic reasons so good job american girl by tom petty not Carrie, I do it apparently. <laughs> so, from oh my god, <laughs> there's a Care Bear sleeping bag. Oh, of course there is. Uh. We're here adding to cart. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just not participate in the rest of the show. If you guys need me, just tag me in. Do, or do something. they come with gummy bear body spray? No, but that was my jam. <laughs> <laughs> do they have like those jelly bracelets or whatever? I remember those. Or butterfly no, clips? They do not. Oh. They do not. But there is a um, uh, what was that headband thing that did the pushback thingy? Oh yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, the thing that I would like stab myself in the face with trying to put on. Yeah, and it would always get tangled in your uh-huh. hair. Can you imagine that getting caught in a doll's hair? Because oh that's what's going to happen now. <laughs> Going to the kids' room. Why is there hair everywhere? I had to get it off of my doll. <laughs> well, now your doll is bald. Good job. <laughs> It's a hundred and fifty dollar doll, by the way. Good lord! Yeah, those things are pricey. Yeah. All right. So, from now until March second, uh, you can go to eight twenty four auctions dot com to bid on more than forty props from the multiversal hit "Everything Everywhere All at Once." Uh, the props are divided into three different categories, uh, benefiting three different. Uh, charities or organizations uh, mementos from the multiverse benefits the asian mental health project in another life benefits the transgender law center and laundry and taxes benefits the laundry workers uh, center so just a few of the items that are up for auction <clears throat> and i'm including now when i say current bid this was as of is 6:30 ish on thursday okay um we're recording right now it's about 20 after 8 i'm sure that these items have already increased but when i last checked these were what the current bids were so um the hot dog hands are currently bidding for seven thousand five hundred dollars uh jobu's elvis costume six thousand dollars uh, the Rock vs. Rock, $7,700. Uh, Auditor of the Month Trophy, a.k.a. the little butt plug looking thing, um, $9,500. Or you can also bid on your very own Rack and Cooney, which is currently bidding for $90,000. That is nine zero, followed by a comma, and then three more zeros. What's a raccoonie? So, in the movie, spoilers. Okay, so in the movie, um, <clears throat> Evelyn, who is played by uh, Michelle Yeoh, um, gets 
Racken Cooney. Um, she she mispronounces Ratatouille, Racken Cooney, and there is one universe where Racken Cooney is a real movie. So instead of a rat, it's a raccoon that is preparing all the dishes. Oh my god. Um. I want to live in that universe. <laughs> so I, I took a screenshot of it. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on. There it is. Okay. So obviously you guys listening at home can't see this. Uh, but here is here is Rack and Cooney. <laughs> no, it's cute. It's kind of <clears throat> a mega looking little raccoon, but. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm giving this a huge thumbs up. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, it's. I don't even know if you can call it a cult classic because like you know everyone does seem to love it but it is still kind of like under the mainstream you know um, and it's it's only going to maintain that cult status as the years go by but it's a phenomenal movie uh, the fact that they're doing this um, to help charities is just even better um, I hope that they get all the money in the world um, but yeah I really if I'm going to have anything bad to say about this at all, is that the fact that they're selling off a lot of these props maybe means that there might not be a sequel, but I don't know. Uh, but definitely a thumbs up type of thing. Uh, yeah, I still have not watched this movie. However, I love that they're donating it to charity, and now I want to watch it for Rack and Cooney. So thumbs up for finally making me want to watch that movie. <laughs> You're welcome. Matt. Uh, typically, when studios auction off their props it just makes me angry because it's a money grab the fact they're doing this for charity is fantastic um people who appreciate the movie who enjoy it and the money's gonna go someplace good so big thumbs up for that lydia yeah this is another one of those movies on my never-ending list of things that i have not seen yet um but yeah the fact that they're doing this for charity is awesome those numbers already are incredible um, it does amuse me that there is an Elvis costume that's already going for like $6,000 because that is the low end budget of what you would spend on an actual Elvis jumpsuit from Elvis Presley Enterprises. So the fact that it's already as expensive as an actual well-made jumpsuit is funny to me. <laughs> Giant thumbs up. Um, Matt, let's talk about um, everyone's favorite game that they love to hate on no um so i i posted one story and i kind of ended up with a second story in addition to this um hogwarts legacy was released last week um and they they've already announced that there's going to basically be sequels to this game they're going to build an entire universe because of the success that this game has had. Um, there was talk that there was going to be download content. So basically the talk of sequels has put the kibosh on that. There will be no sequels. It's all going to be, or there will be no download content. It's all going to be sequels. Um, they just said that it's, a, it's a long-term franchise. It's one that they want to build on. Um, so, my sub note to that was the story that I found that in the two weeks, so I guess it's two weeks since this has been released, um, 
it's made $850 million. Um, it sold over 12 million units. Um, they have law players have logged over 280 million hours of gameplay. Um, fan engagement with the wizarding world digital is up 300%. Um, and the monthly unique visitor average that the wizarding world digital is up 300% in unique visitors, um, in the first 10 days of February. So, um, I'm torn because the game does look like it would be fun and like open world get to play in the Harry Potter universe that we grew up enjoying. I mean, let's face it. JK Rowling has already cashed her check for this. So I just don't know. Um, I'm going to go thumb sideways. Lydia. I'm with you. I don't like having to talk about this because at this point, like, She's made her money. It is what it is. I'm not even going to lie. Eventually, I'm going to get this game. I'm never going to stop being a Harry Potter fan. It's it's just not going to happen. She's a horrible person. I get that, but it is what it is. So, thumb sideways. Yeah. Um, overall, I'm going to go thumb sideways on this. Uh, I do know that, yeah, there are a lot of people who are very, very much against this game. Um, I, I mean, clearly, <laughs> clearly there, <laughs> there are many other people who are for this game. Um, I, I even know, like, I, I've heard stories of like people unfriending people on Facebook, blocking them on Facebook for even like mentioning they play this game. That said, even as somebody who is not a Harry Potter fan, the little bits that I've seen of it is like, okay, this is actually a pretty cool looking game and as someone who is not necessarily a fan of downloadable content where whereas it's like okay now i i bought this game now i can pay more to get more of this game i i appreciate more the idea of a sequel so i do like that that's a thing um they're gonna get your money one way or the other um <laughs> It just it is what it is. Um but yeah, so yeah, it's it's tough. Uh I know I'm never going to play it, but that's <laughs> mostly because I don't really play video games. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so I mean as somebody I I can sympathize with with you Harry Potter fans on this. <laughs> Tabitha. Yeah, I also don't play video games and I have come to the point where I I am not willing to give any of my personal funding to this person but if whatever anybody else wants to do with their money and their time is totally on them um to each their own as far as harry potter is concerned in my opinion anymore i mean i'm still at heart a harry potter fan i just i can't physically give money to that enterprise anymore which makes me incredibly sad but there are more things in harry potter that i can't give money to anymore that make me sad so (laughs) it's just not not just harry potter um Obviously, there are lots of people out in the world that are still playing this, and that's to each their own. Everybody does what they want. Um, I do think that they will end up making so many of these games that they will end up being not fun anymore because they'll be the same. Like, how many things can you change about an open world Harry Potter game to make sequels? Not a lot. You like, you, what are you gonna do? Like, go up a year and you like suddenly like have to fight a different. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's gonna be. Maybe they'll have one and then it'll be fine, but and then it'll be done. But thumb sideways. 
Um, speaking of franchises being made into playthings, um, Tabitha, let's talk about um, what I have lo- lovingly titled Lego of the Rings. I <laughs> need someone to give me $500. What? <laughs> Just real quick. Because if I came into an extra $500 that I thought was literally just an extra $500, I would be buying this. Um, They are releasing Rivendell as a Lego set. And this thing looks absolutely incredible. Um, The council ring, Frodo's bedroom, Elrond's study, a tower, gazebo. There's 15 minifigures. It's friggin' huge. Like, this thing is giant. It's 6,167 pieces. (laughs) <laughs> Again, it's $499, so you can save yourself a penny. I'll just take $499. Um, I don't know when this is coming out or if it's already been released. I couldn't find any like thing where you could actually buy it and the things where you could pre-order it like weren't letting like I wanted to go through and like look at it. I believe it's like early March. But if you have a second, just pull it up, take a look at this thing, cruise around it cuz it's like its own little open world. Thumbs up, thumbs down to the fact that I can't have it. Matt. I have always been a, I, I was a Lego kid growing up. Um, this is just added to the list of those like super detailed, intense, high end Lego sets that I would kill to have, including that super detailed Millennium Falcon. Like that one and this Rivendell set, like like to have the set. If I had the extra five hundred dollars that was just hey, here's five hundred dollars, it would it'd be in the cart. Like it would be done. Um, huge thumbs up. I think this is fantastic. The detail looks amazing. All the all the minifigures to have you know instead of Lego hobbits. I love it. Now, real quick before we get to Lydia, you both keep saying Rivendale. Are are we talking about Archie? Not Riverdale. Riverdale. Are you trying to die? <laughs> Maybe. You're cruising for a bruising over there. <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. This thing is gorgeous. I would love to have this thing like in the hutch in my dining room. Mm-hmm. So I've come up with an idea. Since it is five hundred dollars, we'll just all chip in, and then we'll just like share custody of it. Like I'll keep it for like a month, and then you guys can keep it for a month, <laughs> and then you know we'll make it work. I buy in. I just don't want to have to build it because Legos give me anxiety. <laughs> Split the duties. Deal. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> thumbs up. Perfect. Yeah, I'm giving this a thumbs up. This is so cool. Um, I only wish and. I don't really know how they would do it, but for those of us who can't drop $500 on Legos, um, <laughs> it'd be nice if they like broke up the set a little bit, you know, mm. um, still have the $500 set, but you know, like also have maybe like $500 mini sets or whatever. So you can like kind of get it at your own budget. I don't know. Uh, but still, this is really cool. Um, Lydia, you kind of stole my um idea about splitting things up i will explain more in a second because we are going to go to the baby yoda news desk and we need to i am so mad that 
I because I just thought of it like I don't know maybe an hour ago, um, but two hours ago. Anyway, <laughs> you're gesturing aggressively at me, and you're making me nervous. <laughs> not, it's not necessarily at you, but like I'm surprised that <laughs> I'm just surprised that neither one of us thought of this when we were coming up with all the like um, sound bites and everything. We didn't do one for the baby Yoda news desk. Oh, we didn't. But I don't yeah. know what that noise would be. Uh, I bet. I bet we can come up with something. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, sideshow collectibles is selling life-size replicas of Baby Yoda. Standing 16.5 inches tall, Baby Yoda uh, sports his signature tan fabric coat and comes with his own silver shift knob from the Razor Crest. Um, If you haven't seen these pictures yet, he looks incredibly lifelike. Um... I, I know, imaginary I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, you can get yours at sideshow.com for $375 with free U.S. shipping. So I'm going to need $900. That's where I'm getting at. Yeah. So for $375, that is less than $100 per person, and we can share Baby Yoda. I like this idea. Yeah. If I get Baby Yoda, ain't nobody getting Baby Yoda back. You're going to have to break into my house to take him back. It's going to be a custody battle for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets Baby Yoda last. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. So here's here's my thinking. Now, b- before I get too far, thumbs up, even though it is $375. Uh, this Baby Yoda looks phenomenal. I need this in my life. Let's say, let's say we do this and we get this. I'll keep it. And then Thursday will roll around. And then once Thursday gets here, Lydia will take it home with her. She'll keep it for the week. She'll bring it with her on Thursday. Then Matt will take it home. Keep it for a week. I would prefer if Matt still brings it on Thursday. But then it goes home with the two of you. So you guys, for every one week that we get Baby Yoda, you guys get it for two weeks. I'm not bringing. I don't know what part of this. <laughs> I will not be bringing Baby Yoda back. Baby Yoda will reside in my home. I know where you live, Stevens. <laughs> Great. I have locks on my doors, <laughs> and I am not armed, but I am very dangerous. <laughs> so I was giving this a thumbs up. Maybe I want to give it a thumbs sideways because I feel like Baby Yoda is going to end up being the Yoko Odo that breaks up the Geek Awakens. <laughs> Baby Yoko. Uh, (laughs) Thumbs up for Baby Yoda. Thumbs down for bringing up Yoko Ono and ruining my whole day. (laughs) Matt. Um, I'm going to go thumbs sideways just for the fact that a realistic slash lifelike Baby Yoda is probably just going to scare me when I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So... (laughs) To wake up and dropkick Baby Yoda because he forgot he was there. What was that noise? Don't worry about it. It's fine. It was not Baby Yoda. <laughs> I also like how he immediately said, it will scare him. Not like, it would scare me. As in, like, Tabitha's already purchased this Baby Yoda. <laughs> Lydia. That's why she's asking for the $500. She already spent the 300 on Baby Yoda. <laughs> Lydia, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so thumbs up. <laughs> Custody battle aside. 
Okay. Uh, I've got ideas. I've got <laughs> ideas for this episode. Um, <laughs> That's always terrifying. Uh-huh. Matt, uh, let's talk about Calvin and Hobbes. So the creator of Calvin and Hobbes, Bill Watterson, um, after stepping away from comics and basically everything for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, um, is doing a new illustrated book, quote unquote, for grownups. Um, they're calling it a fable for grownups. It takes place in a kingdom where disasters keep happening. The king of the realm sends out a team of knights to investigate, but only one returns years later. Um, the the art that they've released for this already is both incredible and slightly disturbing. Um, like the the characters are just off putting almost. Um, like it's just kind of like dark as far as the the pictures go. Um, I grew up reading Calvin and Hobbes every day in the newspaper. Um, I always wished Bill Watterson would go back and do more Calvin and Hobbes, but anything that I can get my hands on that he's written, I'm in. I'm in for this. Um, it releases October 10th. Uh, it's called The Mysteries. Thumbs up, Lydia. I say Calvin and Hobbes always kind of had a little bit of that like adult humor to it anyway. So the fact that this is straight up geared for adults, it's meant to be dark and all that fun stuff. Like I'm excited. That sounds awesome. Thumbs up. Yeah. Total thumbs up. Uh, This sounds amazing. Completely here for it. Um, I agree with you. I grew up watching or not watching, grew up reading Calvin and Hobbes. So like, this is just sounds wonderful. Tabitha. Yeah, I never got into Calvin and Hobbes as a kid, but my childhood and my still my adult best friend was obsessed with Calvin and Hobbes. And so I know from how excited she will be and how excited I know Matt already is, I'm just going to give this a thumbs up. Tabitha, let's go to La La Land. So this is a very short little bloop, but I felt like we needed to talk about it for just a hot second. So the 2016 movie musical La La Land is going to be a Broadway play. Um, going to the stage with uh, Justin Hurwitz, uh, who was uh, the composer for the film, still working on this. There's not a lot of information um, out there right now. Um, it's going to be um, kind of a reunion show for the people who worked on the film coming to Broadway. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, usually they, things go the other way. Things are musicals before they are movies but this is going backwards um and if we've learned anything from things like pretty woman and mean girls they usually succeed um la la land uh while not my favorite movie of all time is still incredible but i think the thing that makes la la land the movie incredible is the cinematography and you are going to lose that obviously in a stage production the music and the dancing were not my favorite parts of La La Land, so I'm hoping that they can expand on that and make that grow. Um, it does excite me that the original people who worked on the film will be working on it because that does always help the things translate better. So I'm going very cautiously thumb sideways. Matt. Um, I have never seen La La Land, um, but I know that there has been relatively positive success for things going from movie to theater. Um, but 
I will have to take into account Tabitha's no noticing of the cinematography and with the stage play you have such limited space don't know how that's going to translate um so i will also go thumb sideways lydia i also have not seen la la land and i've never really had much desire to because i've had some of the songs from this movie pop up on my pandora before and they just did not appeal to me at all um, I will say that I was amused because when I saw this um, on Facebook one time, I kind of skimmed through the comments to see like how people that have seen it were reacting. And one comment that made me laugh was, hey, maybe we'll actually have somebody that can actually sing and dance doing this. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it should have that going forward, if nothing mm-hmm. else. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. Maybe they can make it better than the little bits of pieces I've seen and heard of the movie. I'm giving this a tentative thumbs up. Um, I also have never seen La La Land. But if any movie in the last 10 years that I just can instinctively be like, oh, yeah, I could see that being on Broadway. um, La La Land is one of them. So I I think I think that they can um, they can do a good job with this one. Marvel is bringing back its Ultimate Universe after destroying it in 2015's Secret Wars. Uh, Ultimate Invasion is a four-issue miniseries by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch, uh, and it will see Miles Morales at the center of it all. Uh, the maker has set its has has his sights set on the Ultimate Universe, making its return, and the Illuminati reforms to try to stop him. Ultimate Invasion begins in July. Um, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. I didn't read a ton of um, Ultimate uh, of the Ultimate Universe comics, but I do know that it was incredibly popular. Uh, the stuff that I did read was really good. Um, <clears throat> also, it's been like nearly a decade since since the Ultimate Universe kind of went away. Um, now, with it being a four issue miniseries, does it actually end up coming back? Coming back? I don't know. We'll see. But this is potentially exciting. Tabitha. Uh, I understood about seven of the words you said, but you're happy, so I'm happy. Thumbs up. <laughs> Matt. Um, I also never read a whole lot of the Ultimate Universe, but I did read Secret Wars where everything like restarted. Um, the Maker was definitely one of those characters in that series, which was who was very intriguing. Want to know more about him. Always loved Miles Morales. Um, having him at the center of this, I think, is great. A four-issue miniseries is one of those things that would, like, pull me back in, at least for those four issues, to see how this all comes back. Um, whether I would keep reading after that, that I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I think they've picked the right writer, and they've picked the right anchor for that story. Uh, so, thumbs up. Lydia. So, so American Girl is already making us feel old. The fact that you just pointed out that 2015 is nearly a decade ago, not helping. <laughs> um, <laughs> that said, I'm with Tabitha. I only understood like a fraction of what you said, but you both seem happy, so thumbs up. Tabitha, let's talk about Twilight. Yeah, I wish we didn't have to, but... I mean, it's literally your fault. I know, but like we had to. Um, Stephanie Meyer has announced (laughs) I can't say her name with anything but spite in my voice um, has announced that there will be two new Twilight books 
Um, she spoke on how she'd like to explore some new territory, saying, I want to do something brand new. For me, a lot of the joy of writing comes from creating. And I really want to do a new world and new rules and new mythology. Mythology is kind of my thing. <laughs> um, we do know that this is not the next book, but told from Edward's perspective, like Midnight Sun. Uh-huh. Because uh, Stephanie Meyer said that writing from that perspective just made her too anxious, and she thought there was too much pressure on her, and it wasn't a pleasant writing experience. So, whatever we're getting, Lydia, I'm going to make you feel old again. It's been 17 years since the Twilight book has been released. Um, <laughs> since the original one, right? Yeah, the first okay. one. Okay. Yeah. It hasn't been 17 years since... It ended. It's been 84 years. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 84 vampire years. Oh, my God. Which is what? Like 12 minutes? I don't even know. Um, (laughs) We're getting more Stephanie Meyer. It's looking to me like she's going to focus on the mythology. Part of me is very nervous about that because I have this very bad feeling she's going to try to tell the history of the Quaaludes and like the, the Native American community. Oh, God. That took place up there which were based on like a real, <sighs> real tribe and the deep sigh heard round the room uh, <laughs> i have this horrible feeling that she's going to try to do a book based on them and then try to do a history kind of like george R. R. martin did with the targaryens but with the cullens and like tra- tracing back like their past that's my fear and like that's gonna make me really angry um, and also, she's a bad writer, so she should just stop writing books and stop trying to make fetch happen. So, thumbs <laughs> down. Matt. Um, if what she enjoys is, like, world building, then do something different. Yes. Don't go back to the universe that you've already created or butchered or mutilated. Just don't. Go away. Thumbs down. Lydia. I'm with you. That was my first thought when she said that. I was like, if you want to, you know, build new worlds and do all this, then get out of the one you've already made. She tried to do that and it failed epically. Yeah, that book wasn't good either. So she ran out of money is what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> just, just at this point, like, just, just give up. No, we don't need this. Thumbs down. Yeah, um, I clearly stopped listening when you started talking about Twilight. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't even blame you. Yeah, but um, thumbs sideways because at least she's not a vocal transphobe. That's fair, but she's just such a bad writer. <laughs> you can have one or the other. You can't have both. <laughs> honestly, that's why I'm not on Twitter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have one final story tonight. Um, you seem very excited. and um, I would like to note that it's not mine. It's not. Oh. Somehow I did not end up with the last story this yeah. week. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about getting all dolled up. Um, Gl- Glamlight uh, has teamed with everyone's favorite good guy, Chucky, and his... Are, are they married? 
The Bride of Chucky? Yeah. I, I guess, yeah. I, yeah. Bride of <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> Typically what that word means. I forgot that, that movie existed. Um, <laughs> Chucky and his wife uh, tip for a new collection of makeup products. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, the collection includes both a uh, Chucky and a Tiff uh, lip kit, um, a Romance is Dead mirror, <laughs> A crazy in love palette and an eyeliner duo. Huh. So, Ugh. admittedly, when I first read about this, I was like, this is really odd. Like, why is this a thing? First off, there is like some kind of like VIP bundle or whatever you might have, whatever you will. Um, but it's already sold out. So, clearly, there is, you know, some. Uh, market market for it yeah um and also like on the website it was even saying like if you're buying anything chucky related it's going to be like seven to eight days to even process this <laughs> so okay people are here for it that said uh glam lights vice president anthony aries um put out a statement and he said that this was a passion project for him uh combining two of his loves makeup and Chucky, uh, the latter of which he's been a fan of since he was three years old. So that is one twisted man. Just a little bit. It's a lot Just of a trauma. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think I watched the first Child's Play movie, I don't know, when I was six, maybe eight years old. And, like, I was terrified <laughs> for a long time. I had a Chucky doll. I really enjoyed Chucky movies as a child, which checks out for me. Not that young, not three years old young, but yeah. Young. Have I have I told you all my my Chucky story? How okay? So Lydia, you're probably too young for this. Um. <laughs> cover your ears. No, not cover your ears, but like of the three of you that I'm telling this story to, I don't necessarily expect you to remember this. But do you guys remember the My Buddy dolls? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I had one that looked admittedly exactly like me. Have I told you this story before? It's coming back to me. Yeah, okay. a little bit. All right, Celine Dion. Or Meatloaf, depending <laughs> on who you're listening to. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I had one of those. And... I saw the first Chucky movie and I could not be in the same room with my buddy doll like ever again. Like my mom kept it because, you know, it was adorable and it looked exactly like me. But like she would keep it in like her bedroom and like if I was in her bedroom and I would see it, I I, <laughs> I would walk out of that room, you know, like back. backwards. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I can relate to that because I didn't have that specific kind of doll, but I had something along the same lines. It was called My Pal Alley, which was one of those dolls that, you know, like talk to you and you could program it to know your birthday and your name and all this. And it would have like conversations with you and stuff. Yeah, she started talking to me when she was supposed to be shut off. Nope. <laughs> and then she started talking to me when I took her freaking batteries out. Nope. So, you know, my mom came into my room one day and she's like face down in the corner. She's like, well, why? what's up? Why isn't she on her sitting? Did you leave her there? <laughs> <laughs> she is not my pal Allie no. anymore. <laughs> We're not we? friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. But like, 
I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like of all the different type of makeup collabs that you could have, like, Chucky just doesn't really scream out at me. I mean, I can't say <laughs> a whole lot. I have a supernatural <laughs> eyeshadow palette, so, I mean, there there's all sorts of different uh, makeup brands that pair with mm-hmm. different pop culture things i guess i guess you're right but like still even like i can understand supernatural more than i can um chucky i just i don't know it feels like a weird time for the release to me yeah like that feels more like a halloween release Mm because like Mm -hmm. around halloween like a lot of makeup companies like two-faced releases a lot of uh gimmicky pop culture makeup things like there's a mandalorian one floating around right now that i don't need because i don't wear that much makeup to require an eyeshadow palette like that but i want it because it's gimmicky (laughs) and it speaks to me it speaks to me this this is the way (laughs) (laughs) all right i understood that reference (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I think this is as good as time of any to end the show. Um, we don't have a show next week, but again, um, next weekend, March 4th and 5th, uh, go to PeoriaCon. We'll be there up, up there Saturday. Um, so if you're up there and you see us... Um, say hi. Say hi. But for now, say bye. <laughs> bye. 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 That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>